You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick. You're listening to Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Wrong. And Maddie Rose. Oh, okay. For someone with my complexion. Yeah. Complexion. Complexion. Complexure. On Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan at 8 o'clock. We'll take a spin around the National Football League with our man Charles Davis, NFL on CBS. Uh, and then at 8.30, uh, your text messages. Uh, we've been asking you at 960-960. Nikita Zadorov's trade request was as subtle as blank. Nikita Zadorov's trade request was as subtle as blank. 960-960, name and location. I'd like to forward a... Guess uh, an answer, please. Okay. It's about as subtle as Leon Dreisaitl's cross check to the back of the leg of that Islanders player that was yesterday. Nasty. Oh. oh my god, he's upset. And, and please, yes, we we four know, points, and he's still pissed angry. Off. Leon, thank you Ooh. for all the wet fart tweets in church. Uh, we we got a couple of them. We're good. Excuse me. We're good. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. But right now, um, busy weekend for the Calgary Flames to wrap it up. Uh, Calgary sporting legend. He is a former first round draft pick. Of the Calgary Flames, he's the chronolist, uh, Mr. Brent Crom. Brought to you by All Kind Door Services Limited, your one-stop shop when it comes to fixing doors at your building, your office, or your home. Anything that swings, flies, or rolls, call All Kind Door Services for all your door repair needs. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Um, it, it was. It's been a fun morning so far. You have probably lots to talk about. Uh, there, there's a lot of talk show fodder, as yes. they say, uh, with Nikita Zadorov mm-hmm. and uh, his, his trade request. And um, I can't. I keep going back uh, to this. To me, the whole situation is laughable. Like, does Nikita and his agent Dan Milstein do they not realize that if you don't have a contract or you're not getting what you want, it they're going to trade you anyway. And to actually say you want a trade request now in November is probably the worst timing and just completely so out of touch with how the hockey business works. It's actually laughable to me. And to think that you could facilitate a trade when so many teams are so just up against the cap that they can't do anything, it's just, it's a giant joke to me. Wait till the trade deadline. <laughs> They're going to trade you anyway when there's actually more teams that would potentially be available to, to, to acquire you and maybe even pay you the money you actually want. Or maybe your whole goal here, and Nikita wants to go play in Toronto on the big lights playing for the Maple Leafs, which is even more funny to me because you know who the general manager of the team is? The guy who was his general manager for years here in Calgary. This whole situation is stupid. Is there anything... Is, does that perfectly encapsulate what this whole trade request thing is? I think you're taking it easy too, honestly. I mean, we could okay. just we could just go, we could blow the doors off of this thing. But I woke up thinking to myself, what must Craig Conroy be thinking this morning? Mm. Right? He has in, inherited a team of a bunch of people that like to take their problems to market to okay. to to <laughs> take everything out and let everybody know what's going on, but not the solution to or the actual problem, right. just. Hinting that there's a problem. So this dressing room has been rotten for a long time, for years, and now it's just continuing on. And then you get Zadorov, who the team is actually, you know, strung a couple good games together. They go into Toronto, and it's like, okay, now we're talking about the team again. This is good. We're talking about good things. 
We're talking about potential. We're talking about just Connor Zari's coming in here, scoring some goals. The young guys are coming in. Martin Pospisil. Martin Pospisil. Pospisil. Wolf gets called up. All of a sudden, hey, you know what? Nobody gives a crap about Zadorov and his chaos all the time, right? Like, And now it's like, you know what? Hey, I'm going to now. Well, he did. His, his agent didn't do that by himself, right? And good on him for saying, yeah, you know, I stand by my agent. I told him that. Good on like, a lot of guys say, well, I had no idea he said that. You know, the drive, you're going to get an honest answer. Mm. But have a little self-awareness. You know, I, I see that in the dressing room. When you call your teammates out two weeks ago because Daryl's not there. Daryl's not here. we got to figure it out. Okay, so now, if, if, if I'm listening to you now, now you're, now you're a leader in this room. You're a driver in this room. So now you're calling your teammates out, essentially, and yourself, saying, hey, Daryl's not here. No excuses. You can't use that as an excuse anymore. Lindholm and Backlund and everybody who said it and just finger pointing everywhere and just having a great time. And, you, and then all of a sudden, you know what? Actually, uh, yeah, no, I want to get out of here now. Right now. Right now. And a fact across the hall. Across the hall. Yeah, I want to go to Toronto too. Because like, what is the matter with you, man? And, and, and then you think that Conroy's already dealing bad cards all season long. Every team knows that he, tree living left him with a, a bag of garbage right now, right? And you got to sit here and you, well, I mean, you know, I'm exaggerating a tad, but I'm pissed off too, because you just see the circus going around and around and around and around. And then you got, um, Zadorov coming out now and it's just like, guys, the solution has to be in that room. Shut your mouths and play hockey, man. I saw that. I was losing my marbles when I heard, I couldn't believe I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a joke. Like, have some situational awareness, dude. You're on a team, first of all. You play for your teammates, and, you know, he said, well, I think post-game, they didn't make him available for the Ottawa game, right? They made him available afterward. Mm. Yep. And, and, then, and, then, uh, and then he said, yeah, I know if I was a teammate, you know, I'd be pissed too, but I hope they understand. I've played in the NHL for 11 years, and I've been a good teammate. I don't doubt that. I'm sure he's frustrated, but I don't have a little maturity. You know what I mean? You don't have to sit there and suck your thumb with your blanket in the corner and whine and have everybody come up to you and ask you if it's okay or what's the matter. And you just tell them, oh, this, tell the world. I don't go tell the person that's making you upset. You know, if the team's not do, I don't know what he's, what's going on behind closed doors, mm. but it's just, it's another circus and this team needs to like get going. They were, they were starting to come a little bit, the, the third period against Dallas. And then they, now this, like, who cares? Who cares about you yeah, right now? I, Nobody. Again, I, I had a big rant. Again, you and I just vibe so much on the show. I uh, I said he has no sense of self. Zero. Could you imagine that, again, because because playing in a Canadian market, you have a lot more spotlight on you. If this trade request came in like Columbus, where the fifth defenseman saying, I want out, okay, yeah, who cares? But for, for a guy who's literally the fifth defenseman on this team, although his agent says he's the best defenseman on the team. Might have been the sixth if Shillington had been healthy. Right. You, so your agent is clearly out to lunch, too. Yes. And I know, I, I understand you want to protect your client and he, you know, he, he feeds your, helps feed your family. I understand all of that. But to actually tweet out something as just ridiculous as that, like, do you not watch the games? Like, he's you, not, not the best was... defenseman on the team. He's not even close to being no. the best defenseman on the team. And for the fact that the number five defenseman on the day of playing the Maple Leafs in Toronto on the Hall of Fame game where the entire league has their eyes on it, how premeditated was all of this? It's actually laughable to me. It's like, you're the fifth defenseman on the team. If Elias Lindholm did this, I'd For be like, sure. whoa, yeah. watch out now. The number one center is like, and what is you think Elias Lindholm's doing this? No, the fifth defenseman on this team, and we all love his sound bites. I love his honesty. His play is a roller coaster. We've all seen that in Calgary. 
He looks like the best defenseman on the team for one shift and then looks like he doesn't belong in the league the next. That's just the Nikita Zadorov experience, and it's been like that for years and years and years. But for the fact that the number five defenseman on your team and the biggest market in the in the league has this trade request, it's actually hilarious to me. And that is agent. He could have he kind of put this fire out and said, you know, I'm really upset with my agent. But th- they both came together. Oh, here's the thing. So Nikita's <laughs> yeah. texting him. This is what we should do because yeah. I really want to play for the Leafs. We should just say, and this is, and that's the dumbest thing in all this to me. The general manager of the team knows you inside and out in Toronto. If he wants you, he'll go get exactly. you. Exactly. Let this play out, and and have a little professionalism and have some respect for your teammates in the organization. Like you're putting your general manager in it, and it just. Do you think this is going to expedite the process? Do you think you're going to get no. more by saying that you want out? I mean, think about it just a tad. And now, because I actually kind of like Sidorov. I, I don't mind him. He's I've entertaining. I've been a big you know, fan. You know, he's, he's chaos on skates. Mm-hmm. He's a forward. He's a defenseman. He's a back checker. He, he blocks. He does it all, but then he doesn't do it at all, right? Like, it's just, yeah. he's exciting to watch because, you know, that goal. He, it, he's he, unpredictable. He's very unpredictable. He'll go that, end that, to end, and then he'll throw a yeah, pizza in the that, middle of the ice, and that's how the Senators got their and, third And that goal. hit on Bertuzzi? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Like the guys, are, the guys are rock, right? And then, and then, you know, you're cheering for him because yep. he's really exciting. And then, you know what? He goes and makes that bonehead play behind the net against Ottawa. And after after his comments Friday night, I'm like, serves you right. You know what I mean? Focus on playing hockey, man. Yep. I mean, and now every little thing that he does, you've shone a spotlight on yourself now. Now you want out. Now, you know, characteristic, typically, when you start making a lot of problems off the ice, your game typically suffers a tad, or you don't get the benefit of the doubt. So now when he makes a, a play and gets caught, it's not just now, oh, it's Zadorov being Zadorov. Now it's like, what's he thinking? You know, yeah. you, you're getting people kind of turn, your teammates, like, man, you asked for a trade and you're playing like this. You're just, you got to have pretty broad shoulders if you want to put the spotlight back on yourself, good and bad. And, and maybe like he wants this, a certain amount of dollars from the Flames. Maybe that they're not willing to give him. Well, I would and assume obviously so. He said if he it's thinks he's the best defenseman on the team, right. then he probably is overvaluating what he's worth with right. both dollar and term. Probably. And the Flames are like, you want how much? Excuse me? Yeah. You want more than Mackenzie Weger? Excuse no, me? Like, again, you can't. Yeah. Like, or, no. <laughs> yeah, like Hannafin, no. the, the number we heard around Hannafin was around $7 million, Yeah, And that <laughs> that conversation has had a fire blanket thrown on it. it completely oh, suffocated man. that contract, you know Taco. I, I played... In the American League, obviously, as all the listeners know and followed my career, um, I yep. was in San Antonio. I got loaned out by the Calgary Flames to uh, the Florida Panthers. How did that make you feel when they loaned you out? They didn't even want you playing. I for was the so team. pumped because I was playing on the East Coast. And I'm like, just, oh, okay. you, you know, it, they, the, the Flames split affiliation with Carolina that year. Mm. And they had a guy named Danny Sabrin playing in the American League. So yep. mm. they popped me to the, to, to the Vegas or Las Vegas Wranglers down there, right? And it was fun for a little while, but I'm like, I would like to go play in the American League for a little bit if you don't mind, please, right? And so. They loaned me out, and I remember a guy named Dennis Shvidki. Shvidki. Anyway, he was a, he was like a he was a Ukrainian player that was a very high draft pick of the of the uh, uh, Florida Panthers, and he was playing down with us. And he basically stormed off the team and said, "I'm too good to play in the American Hockey League, and this is a joke." And you know, and basically tried to force the hand of of Rick Dudley and the Florida Panthers to either give him a playing spot or say trade me. And two days later, he was back on the bus with us, and he had to apologize to everybody, right? And I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's it's this egregious of a situation, but you can get caught up in the emotion of everything. You can get caught up in your mind of, you know what? I'm better than this guy. I'm better than this guy. I'm I'm frustrated. I'm, and that's all fair because you compare yourself to your peers every day in this league. I grew up playing against, you know, Corey Crawford and Cam Ward and Pekka Rinne and all those guys had went on to great NHL careers, and and I didn't. In my mind, 
I could sit there and say, you know what, I, you know, I beat Corey Crawford in the in the first round of the Calder Cup playoffs, so I'm better than him. You know what? And, and it didn't work out that way. And you can't you can't do that to yourself, right? You got to sit there. You got you have a job to do. You have to understand the player that you are. And I don't know if Zadorov really understands what kind of player he is. He's exciting, like we talked about. But who are his comparables? Who, who, he's not he's not dependable, right? He's he's not he's not lighting the lamp. I mean, that's the thing. He's he's taking us out of context and he's taking it to the public, which is the worst thing to do because we're only going to hear this part of it and that's it. The Flames didn't speak on Saturday or on Sunday about it. Good on them. Why would they address this? And this all, is lunacy. All the insiders have said it's been radio silence from the Flames since why, this came out. Why give it any gasoline? Well, if, if a player wants to come here and hold you hostage and talk about how he deserves this and how he deserves that, let him talk to himself. Mm. If somebody wants to argue and you don't give a crap about what they're saying, let him argue with themselves. Let it dissipate because what he wants is a spotlight. Mm-hmm. He's wanted it all along. He's good in the spotlight. He likes it, and that's his personality. I appreciate it. I'd like it. Good on you. But there are mistakes you're going to make, and I think this one's a mistake for him. What Ultimately, did they think he was going to get traded this weekend to the Maple Leafs? Like, what do they actually want to accomplish here? Like, he, again, he literally says, I love the city. My wife loves it here. I want to be a flame launcher. At the okay, end of maybe, last season. Yeah. yeah, sure. Maybe maybe they, maybe, you know, they're not hitting the dollar amount that you actually want. But what do they actually think was going to happen? Did him and his agent actually think that he was going to get traded this weekend? Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, oh, it's going to happen within the next. Nikita, it's going to happen in March when the deadline happens. Yeah. That's when you're going to get like, traded. And, and how long has he been in this league? I believe it's been 11 years. That's correct? what I mean. It's been a Do while. you not know how it works right. by now? Does this agent not know how it works by now? Like, like just to, to put so much pressure on the Flames. And and the, the take out there that, oh, this is putting the Flames. No, it isn't. No. It's not putting the Flames in any type of situation. If teams want to call about Nikita Zadorov, Craig Conroy doesn't have to do anything right no, now. No, he doesn't. He can wait all the way till you know, 3 p.m. <laughs> Eastern on the deadline. What it does... Is it puts your teammates on notice? Now it's like now it's just weird. Oh, you don't want to play. You think we're just a bunch of plugs? Hey, you don't want to. You don't want to be in the dressing room with us. And oh, you want to trade? I, I'm sure some of those guys want to trade for sure. I get it. Like that's the way the, the game works. But it's not basketball. You can't just go out and just say, hey, you know, I want to win a championship in L.A. and make a friend over there. I mean, I'm not saying it's that simple. But at the end of the day, it's like just know your role. Stay in your lane. Play the game. Yeah, well. Don't get. Don't get bigger than the game. I mean, especially a guy like Zadorov. It's like, okay, yes, you're it's a, you're you're on the map. People know who you are. You're six foot nine. You're just three hundred pounds of muscle running people over, and you're in the spotlight in Calgary every night. Great, but do your job. You know what? You're you're going to get way further ahead by being a consistent player, by being a good teammate, uh, and and by handling this with a bit of professionalism. And you know, I'm sure it sounded like in one of his interviews that he couldn't get into it. But that he was, you know, they've had conversations, but have you asked for a trade? Why? It's business. I can't get into yeah, it. But it's, uh, but it's like, well, it's not business because you're saying what you want to say, but I can't get into it. But I kind of did, but I kind of didn't. And, I, the, all and then of it just, just leaves everything up to perception yeah. and you get everybody assuming things. And then it's just a slippery slope. And yes. that's how all of this stuff, it just gets messy around here. Like one of the things that I always find with a lot of teams is you want it to be quiet around your club. You want it. You want no national headlines. You want none of the trade requests. You want none of the pending free agents. You want none of the coaches blowing up. You don't want any of that because that allows your players to just go out and do their job. And that's what we're seeing in Vancouver for years. It has been so loud there. JT Miller, the guy's got to go. The Pedersen contract, everything else that has gone on with this team. Bo Horvat's contract extension. Now all that's Bruce Boudreau. Now all that's gone. And look at them. They're having success. They're you, going out and they're just playing puck. 
And JT Miller's fitting in with his teammates. Crazy, because he's just playing puck. And you got Rick talking behind the bench and ain't putting up with any of that crap, right? And you heard JT Miller's comments the other day, too, just saying, you know what, I'm a confrontational person, and so is Rick, and it's worked out pretty good for me, right? Some people shine in these type of situations. Now, and some I was wondering about, too, with because now we have this with Zadorov, and we had it recently with Tyler Toffoli, too, yep. who requested a trade. And but I at honestly, least he did it quietly. No yeah, kidding. He, he did. And Professionally. It was, well, it, it, was, it was the off-season, too, so yeah, it's sure. a, a little bit quieter just as is. But you've got two guys who I kind of see as similar competitive guys, maybe both perhaps overvaluate what they are as an individual player, but both of them requesting trades. Does that mean anything to you that both these guys are trying to get out given the type of players that they are, the type of individuals that they seem? You know what? I don't even, they got to fit in somehow. Honest, mm. Honestly, and and like JT Miller, you see, we see him all pa- pasted all over the media last year of him losing it on guys on the bench. And then everything becomes public. Winning solves a lot of things too. Vancouver yes. is is off to a tremendous start. So JT Miller could very well be doing the same old thing, but they're winning, so nobody cares, mm. right? And when you're not playing very well and creating distraction, it's just compounded. Like it sucks. And and you try to make as less waves as possible. There are players that just do it, you know. And, and I always admired those guys that could just cause chaos. And go out and score, you know, five points and not even worry about it and just carry on. I was never one of those guys. There's very few people out there like that. Mm-hmm. And and Zadorov is definitely not one of those players. And so I just think that he's just moving forward. You got to be a little sheepish, I would imagine. You know, a little. You got to come up with a little humility. And I don't know if you apologize to your teammates, but you say, hey, listen, you know, maybe it's a catalyst once again that they need to just have a tornado go through that room and everybody needs to have a. This is what I got. This is my problem. This is my problem. How are we going to fix this and be honest with each other? Because you know how many meetings you have over the years, whatever it is. I've been in a lot of dress rooms where if the teammates respect each other, they'll be honest with each other. Mm-hmm. If the teammates don't actually care about each other, they'll just say, oh, no, everything's fine. You know, you're doing yeah. a great job. Don't worry. How many games left in the season? Oh, 63. Okay, perfect. Oh, now there's 55. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're doing a great job. Keep going, man. Yeah. And then they don't talk to each other on the ice. They don't talk to each other off the ice. Um, I don't know what's going on there, but it's disappointing. Uh, that is the voice of a uh, Calgary sporting legend, uh, Brent Cron. He's our big show flames analyst brought to you by our good friends at all kind door services. Um, I want to talk about the game too. Cause I want to also touch on, uh, the Oilers head coaching hire yeah. and the firing of Jay Woodcroft. We'll do that at the bottom of the hour. Um, it will play a little bit of audio uh, for our listeners as well. Uh, how that situation went down uh, North of us what in Edmonton, in Alberta, but I want to, yeah, a lot of, uh, center of the hockey world right now, Alberta. <laughs> I uh, want to get your thoughts on uh, Dustin Wolf's performance Saturday night in Ottawa. You know what? I was I was pretty excited for him. I was I was looking forward to that game. He's he's you know for the last four years he's been the goalie of the year in the leagues that he's played in. Right? He's he's t- taken his demotion without any complaining, as far as we know. Right? His, his his play hasn't suffered in the minors when he's been sent down, and that was always a big thing when when I'd get sent down. As you know, just because you're getting sent down doesn't mean you can go down there and pout. And you can't be frustrated. And you got to go out there and play. And you know, and it took me a little while to learn that because I was pouting. I got first time I got sent down. I got I got pulled my first game down there because I'm like, what is going on here? I was so flustered and rattled and mad. And mm-hmm. and he just goes out there and and plays right and gets mm-hmm. called up. And his game didn't change. There's one thing that I really like to see right from his game in the game in the American League was the same in the NHL. There's sometimes there's guys that get nervous. They try too hard. They're doing things a bit out of character. They put more pressure on themselves. His demeanor, first of all, first and foremost, coming out on the ice for the game against the Senators Saturday, didn't change. 
I thought, wow. Did get, his little jump. Yeah, did his no little problem. jump. Looked at his, you know, water bottle squirting in the air, went yeah. through his routine. Okay, right? And and the, and the Senators played a, a, a phenomenal game. Um, well, phenomenal game. The Senators, they, they played a game that, uh, uh, you know, like they went against any new goaltender that doesn't have a lot of experience in NHL. You noticed last uh, Saturday night there was tons of traffic in front Deflections, of him. Deflections, garbage around garbage, the crease. Shots on net from every direction. There's shots on net, screens, everything. I thought Wolf did a tremendous job. Mm-hmm. I really did. I thought he belonged. Those goals that they got were deflections. They were screen. Every one of those. The fourth just- one, everyone's straight legs standing around. Uh, right. You're like, what are you guys doing? And the guy give walks him a, in. Give him a shot right. here. You know, and by that time, I mean this, the start of the third period there, where that backdoor pass too was like yeah. pickpocket behind the net, in the slot, backdoor pass, in the net. Right? Like, in what the are slot, you going to do? Like, come on, right? So, so I, 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 the guy is an NHL goaltender, and the more he plays, the better he's going to get. How much fun is it to watch him as a former goalie? Just the efficiency and the technique. Because, you know, I think of goalies like Mike Smith or Jack Campbell, who technically, bit of an adventure. Yep. Sometimes a bit of a flail. A yep. bit of just throwing themselves in front of the puck. He feels like when you watch him, it's it's so direct. It's like he knows what is going to happen before the play happens. And I just wonder if there's certain things that you appreciate when you watch him versus some other goaltenders just because he has to be so technically sound. Well, and you know what? What I really like about him, too, is his patience because mm. he's not overly big. I mean, he's a UC Soros type of goaltender, right? We, we, we discussed that. And, and he has patience when guys come in and shoot. And he can read the plays. Anticipation is phenomenal. And his edge work is lateral movement. His legs can be so, so wide apart, and he can still get such a strong push. Mm. And, and he's just he's there. You know, for not a big guy, I always admired me being a big guy. I didn't really ha- I have as much patience as, as the smaller guys did because they were on their feet longer. I could go down and pucks would hit me in the shoulder. And I just, I always admired these guys that could just wait as long as they did to let the shot go. And they'd be standing up sometimes for saves. And that was always shocking to me. I could never really wrap my mind around that one. But I was, I, I, proud might be a poor term because I got no relation to him whatsoever. <laughs> but I'm just, he just, he keeps getting sent down and he's in a spot right now where it's just, it's, it's contractual. The Flames would like him up here. They're going to have to find a spot for him soon. They managed to mix him into a game. When they managed to get Markstrom an extra day off, he could have probably played this week, and I have no doubt he could have probably played. If they didn't have Wolf in the system, Markstrom would have played Saturday, right? But yeah. now they can give him that bit of a break. And I just I watched that game from start to finish. It was probably the most intently watched game I've, I've seen of the Flames in a couple of years. So easy to cheer for. That's, oh, yeah. That's why you're the chronologist. That's exactly right. That's why you're the crunch. Wait, no, no. I just wanted to ask you this. Like the issues of maybe staying up and going down too early, was that your number one issue as a professional goaltender? <laughs> no, no. Or was no, it stopping the puck? <laughs> no, no. It was like guys shooting it at you? Like what was your number one issue? <laughs> what, my, my issue? No, because you just said like you just really op- you just really gave us a peek. Insight. In, in, into what your your mindset was that you always admire guys who could actually stand up and not immediately go down as quickly as you did and you couldn't wrap your brain around that. Do you think that was your biggest issue technically? Uh, technically was my te- technically it was nothing to do technically it was between the ears my mind would run a hundred miles I always admired guys that could play the game at a smooth like a Carey Price right. like a Mika Kippersoft guys that were just smooth and I remember uh, I think it was uh, uh, well the, especially the 2004 Cup run being around the team for the playoffs and being around Kippersoft and just seeing how I played the game there was a lot of energy there was a lot of Oh, here he comes, here he comes, here he comes. You know what I mean? And I'm just thinking the whole time, almost a lot like Markstrom. And that's why I think I'm so hard on him, too, because I see a lot of similarities when big guys get out of control and start beating themselves up and running around. It's because I see a lot of myself the way I played in that. And I always wanted to be the Dustin Wolf, the Kippersoff, 
the Carey Price because they just looked so calm and cool. Right. And that and that to me was I played it with a guy named Richard Bachman in, in Austin, and he had mm-hmm. he, he played a he had a cup of coffee in the NHL, played a close to I think, I, Dick Bachman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and he was he was he was awesome in Dallas. Yeah. He, he was he was patient, and I just I I wanted that in my game, and I never had it. So technically, as tech. It was the mentality of that position, right? That I was trying to get to that level in my mind. Did you ever want to be like Rick DiPietro? <laughs> you know, the way he played the puck or the way he stopped it? Which one? <laughs> that clip that clip from your draft. Because he can only do one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we should get that clip. Oh, after the man. Break. When you when you totally flamed Rick DiPietro. Oh, man. Well, you know what? And I was just Did you so, even remember just, saying no, that? No, I didn't. A, a drive-by. You know what? I must have li- literally, because I remember hearing that from every, every, I went on 26 interviews with NHL teams, yeah. and all they talked about was how good of a puck player DiPietro was and why I'm not that good, and then should they draft Pascal Leclerc the next year instead of me? None of my interviews went tremendous. Everybody was like, <laughs> well, maybe you should play the puck more, maybe you should get long, silky black hair, maybe you should become a lefty goalie, you know, all that kind of crap. I mean, hey, you're wearing glasses to this meeting, why you're a goalie? That looks dumb, you should get laser eye surgery. I'm like... Can we what, just talk about my ability? Like, I left all those meetings thinking, you know what? I call my agent. I'm like, I'm there's not a chance I'm going in the first round. Like, there's zero chance. Everybody's telling me it's just I, I was tired of it. And then I got asked a question about Rick DiPietro, and I snapped, George. <laughs> you mean, I snapped. You mean this answer? He, he takes his goaltending thing very personally. He looked down at DiPietro and said, "Hey, I hear this guy can play the puck, but can he stop it?" Yeah. <laughs> That was a culmination. That, it sounded like something you said to Drags, like off mic, and Drager yeah. was like, "Oh, oh great. we're using that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put this on the air." Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you foreshadowed his career. <laughs> yeah. 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 What a joke. Yeah, you called it though. You know what? I did. Yeah. Yeah. He, he only played 315 games before injury but, removed him from the game. Yeah, that was a yeah. million year <laughs> yeah. deal. Yeah. 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 It's from now to eternity. You know what? I did it wrong. Hours. I should have blown up my knees after I signed my big ticket. Because I just wanted to bet on the huh. person that I am. I didn't think well, that through very well. You know what I say? Hindsight's 50-50. <laughs> That's true. You do say that. Yeah. Um, straight ahead. It's not the, rocket surgery. Yeah. The um, the uh, Oilers have a new head coach. What? And uh, we'll talk about that. And um, You'll never guess you'll never where guess he coached Connor McDavid. <laughs> yeah. In Pee Wee? Um, <laughs> that, he was yeah, his babysitter. Yeah, the Brick tournament. Yeah. That's next. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, the next his, one. His babysitter's the assistant coach. Uh, Brent Cron, the Cronalist, uh, courtesy of our friends at all. family is moving in. <laughs> no, we're all kind uh, door services. Uh, more on, uh, we'll tee up the Flames and Habs tonight, and we'll talk about the Oilers coaching situation uh, with Brent Cron next. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the top of the hour, uh, the NFL on CBS. Um, it's kind of like we got the main event now before kind of like the the after show, the encore performance and Charles Davis. Because when you have Calgary sporting legend Brent Cron, opposed to a guy who millions of people watch every week on the NFL on CBS. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's like having your main course and then having the appetizer right. after. Right. But that's okay. You know what? And I don't watch a ton of NFL, but I listen to him. Yeah, he's super smart. He's unbelievable. Yeah. 
That's why we have them on the show. Right. And then I start talking to people, like sending them texts. They're like, how about this, man? And they're like, you don't watch football. But yeah, I do. I you watched, I watched the, Charles Davis. I watched the football match on yeah. Sunday, yeah. and it yeah. was yeah. quite amazing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, how, how about them boys running around? <laughs> yeah. That is our... Uh, that Passing is the, and throwing and kicking. Wow. <laughs> that is the voice of our Big Show Flames analyst, Mr. Brent Crom, brought to you by All Kind Door Services Limited, your one-stop shop when it comes to fixing doors at your building, your office, or your home. Anything that swings, slides, or rolls... Call all, all kind door services for all your door repair needs. Um, still taking your text messages, 960, 960, uh, name and location. Nikita Zadorov's trade request. Request. I'm having a trouble, t- hard time trying to say request. 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 Uh, was as subtle as blank. Nikita Zadorov's trade request was as subtle as blank. 960, 960, name and location. Um, Flames and Habs tonight. Uh, the Habs have three goaltenders they want to use right now. Like, how crazy is that situation going on in Montreal? Yeah, Allen, Montembeau, Primo. Like, hey, who wants the net? Because yeah. they want to trade one of the guys. Like, do, do, how good is Jake Allen? Like, what, what do you think the market potentially could be for Jake Allen out there? I, I, he's he's actually. I remember playing against him in the American League. Like, that's how long he's been around. And you remember when he went through that hiccup in St. Louis where they sent him home for a week, and you're like, hey, man, you can't stop a beach ball. Don't come on the road trip with us. Just stay home and eat chicken fingers and hang out and stop paying attention to hockey and get your game right. He's in a good spot right now. I mean, he's 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 played consistent. He's given the yeah. the, the Canadians a chance to win every night. He's, I dare I say, even stolen a game. I watched him play where he, I think, I can't remember who they played. It was an overtime and he's had like 45 or 46. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, you'd want to move him for sure. And you, if you need stability, who needs stability in goal right now? Is he one of those guys? And I hate this huh. sort of stuff. It's like he's like the goaltender's goaltender. What do you mean? Like, it, like a lot of goalies like this guy because yeah. he's been in the league for a while. A very solid guy. Like maybe a little underrated. Maybe yeah. fans don't talk about it enough. But he's such a consummate professional yep. that you just root for the guy. Well, yeah, for, for sure, right? And it's he's been in situations too where he's been getting shelled in, in Montreal for a couple seasons, right? And he's it hasn't been a great great run there he's putting something together right now and he just continues to stick with it so it's hard not to cheer for a guy like that but he's not a number one goalie in the NHL he my, can't be, he's not playing 60 games my, th- my thing for the Oilers here is if you're getting a goalie like this it does not move the needle no this team no, needs no. to be so much better defensively you don't think Jake Allen upgrade slightly but Jake Allen doesn't make them better no. he's a slight upgrade but they're still not good enough this is a team that as much as their goaltending is bad they hemorrhage chances from the slot. They hemorrhage chances off the rush. It Just is, hemorrhage. Hemorrhage. It's, it's hemorrhage. all over the place. Oh, yeah. Uncontrolling. No, yeah. no team is giving up more egregious yeah. opportunities than the Edmonton Oilers. Well, and and Jake Allen is not uh, an upgrade over Skinner, right? I mean, Skinner, think it's, so? it's marginal. I don't think so. It is marginal. I think just with the experience-wise, sure. You can give him a harder time and he just lets it slide off. Or he's just prepared to deal with it better. But, I mean, you even look at that game Saturday night against the Kraken. Uh, Skinner made that one unbelievable save to start the game. And that's what the Oilers need. They need to get up, right? And, they, and if they're playing from behind all the time and letting in back-breaking goals, not saying the problem is solved up there in net, but Skinner's put two solid games together. Yeah. Right? Um, I, I want to talk about the Oilers, the coaching change, and the whole McDavid thing. Just really quickly, um, we saw it in practice yesterday and something potentially could be happening that I've been calling for for a while. Mm. Huberto with Backlund. Yum, yum. Just give it to me. <laughs> I, just want, yeah. I just want to shovel it in my mouth <laughs> yeah. and enjoy it as much as possible. Really? I love the, I love that Huberto potentially playing with Backlund tonight. Why? Because it's not working with anybody else, Kron. Yeah. It's not working with Lindholm. It's not working with Kadri. 
Put him with Backlund. And whatever line Backlund's on, yeah, he's the, quote, third-line center of this team, but it's not. It's like a 2B. For sure. Any line Michael Backlund's on, it's not like a real third line. Get, let, let him play with Huberto a little bit. I agree. Hey, let, let him try to fix Huberto. We were laughing about the breakaway he had on Saturday. <laughs> was there any chance that you was going to win? Have you ever seen a guy making $10.5 million with less confidence <laughs> no. in a breakaway you know than Jonathan Huberto? And not to make light of the situation, but when he skated away, the camera was still on his face as he turned, and he went like this. <laughs> you know, like his his eyes went all squinty and his mm. mouth, her face just pursed mm. up. He's like, mm. Mm, that yeah. probably you know, wasn't like, oh. it. <laughs> you know, like shooting five hole with your legs standing still while somebody's behind you. It just, it was telegraphed. It just obviously it's was. Every, it's it, everything it, he's doing. It, it had all the familiar symptoms of somebody that's battling with confidence, yeah. right? Mm. Um, and then you hear his comments, uh, Huberto's comments about him, them putting him with Backlund. And he's, you know, you might actually be good for my game. Backlund's a simple player, right? And and he's, and he's, he's got, uh, he's definitely got some skill and, and he's got a safety net behind him too. If Huberto wants to. Start, you know, trying some some risky plays and, and and trying to put himself back on the map. He's got a bit of a safety net there in Backland. Things happen around him. He's a consistent player. Go out there and be a dynamic player. Exactly. Try it. You have a safety net. Lindholm hasn't been outstanding lately either. I also wonder if part no, of this is, hey, Rizicka has been pretty solid. He's been moving his feet since he came back from injury. Mm. Why don't we put someone who's actually weird to say been a little bit more dangerous offensively yep. on Lindholm's wing to try and. Attack that way. And then you move Poshbasil up to play with Zari and Kadri, which that feels like a match made in heaven already. Yep. And, and to me, this actually wasn't really a move of let's put Jonathan Huberto on Backlund's line and get Huberto going. This was let's try something else to try and get Lindholm going. Poshbasil mm. deserves <laughs> a bump. Point. Let's move him up. He's been playing great. Yep. And we need a spot for Huberto. So where else do you put a guy when you got nowhere else to put him? You put him with Backlund. Yep. Because he might chip in, get a couple of sneaky points. He's, he might be the therapist on the team, Backlund. You never know, hey? Just the old responsible, trusty Backlund. Set him up, t- put him under his wing, um, get him back going the, again. The C stands for lay down on my couch. <laughs> yeah. um, real quick, too, I want to get to the Oilers thing. And also, um, we were during the break, we were talking about uh, first round and goalie bus, really <laughs> yeah. high goalie bus. There's just a clip that maybe you guys didn't really catch in Calgary that Cron knows about that we'll play to wrap up uh, this segment. Uh, <laughs> Somebody on the, a couple people on the text line are dying because you always say, you know, Jacob Marshall is the top 10 goalie. Can you please bring your top 10 goalie list tomorrow? Sure. So then we can get, because people are, like, what's Kron's time? He's not a top 10 goalie. Bring, bring Kron, like even, even, even top 11, okay. about top 11, whatever okay. you want, bring the list yep. and then we'll do it tomorrow because you're with us tomorrow. Okay. To wrap up can I do time. a list too? Let me see if they match. Sure. Okay. All right. You guys do, how many are you doing? 10 or 11? 10. Okay. Deal. I like the arbitrary number of 11. But let's do 10. I don't. Your top 10 list of goaltenders in the NHL right now. Right now. Right now. Okay. Okay. You're already thinking about it. I already have like six or seven off the top of my head. Okay, good. So we'll do that tomorrow. Um, The Oilers uh, on the weekend uh, fire Jay Woodcroft. And uh, obviously that's something that when they lost to the Sharks, you need a couple days to actually, who's going to come in? What are we going to do? Because essentially he was a dead man walking once they lost to the And the other coach had a job, which also was, it makes it difficult. Um, Let's get to the, uh, let's get to the clip of uh, Ken Holland saying, oh, we consulted the players and then Jeff Jackson, who by the way was Connor McDavid's agent, the new CEO of the (laughs) Oilers. But no, that's that's not actually the case. So why don't we play that audio first? Why don't we hit that clip? I did talk. I have talked over this past week um, with 
with uh, some of the veterans on our team. Um, I'm not going to tell you what they said. I take the information. Ultimately, I have to make I have to make decisions. Obviously, Jeff's got a long, long, long relationship with uh, with Connor. You can probably talk about that. Yeah. No. I mean, we didn't consult with the players on this decision. <clears throat> Never spoke with Connor or Leon or Nuge or Nursey or any of the other leadership group. Yeah. It just just throws them in a body bag. And then calls all the players by their nicknames. He's yeah. like, they're all buddies, like Nursey and Nursey, <laughs> Big Mac and, yeah. and you know, Dry. Dry. You know, just these guys yeah. know, yeah, we know, we yeah. talk New- to them. And Nuge. Yeah, now, didn't say Nuge. Word. now, also, uh, well, we went that, we went for that, and this is great for our colleagues in Edmonton because there's so much to talk about here. Uh, when Connor McDavid is asked about the hiring of Chris Knobloch, here's what uh, McJesus had to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, first and foremost, obviously surprised. Um, you know, didn't see it coming. Right. You didn't see it coming. First and foremost. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So <laughs> nobody in the Oilers organization went to him and go, hey, Connor, we're thinking about hiring your junior coach. What yeah. do you think? What do you think? Nobody did that. No. He's like, what? I You're hiring up. Chris Nabla? I found out from the Sportsnet app on my phone in the morning. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on. Not a wow. clue. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dry texted me, hey, they're hiring your junior coach. <laughs> what? I woke up my to a text. Phone. like, Yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't. My former agent is the president. My former <laughs> lie maiden junior has arrived on the team and is now, he's very hurt, by the way. Um, in case he plays that 10th game and they have to pay that extra three and a quarter million dollars against the cap on the bonus uh, overage next season, by the way, and just wanted to throw me. it out there. Uh, Warren Fogel really wanted Warren around, and now the junior, <laughs> the old junior head coach is back. You, you know what this is? You know what this is to me? Hmm. It's actually embarrassing to yes. me. Oh. I'd be embarrassed if I was Connor McDavid. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. Like, you want me to stay, you want me to sign an extension, but it's it's getting ridiculous here. Like, I get, you have to bring it again. I'm, this guy's earned his right, I guess. Like, but there are more qualified coaches out there to take this job with the yeah. Oilers than a first-year guy. Oh, you know, like coming. Like again, what, <laughs> what, yeah, what did they say? Yeah. Like what? Did, like again, yeah. again. This guy eventually was going to get his shot in the NHL. He is highly respected, and I get all of that. But w- did, was he on anybody's radar to be the next head coach? I didn't know who he was. Of the Oilers, yeah. Like I it's, knew he was because the Rangers had a COVID outbreak with their coaching staff, and he had to come up and coach six games for them back when you know COVID was still causing players and coaches to miss time. Right, uh, and he went like four and two. Great. That's that's what I can add to the conversation. Here. And listen, that, that was listen, it. Full stop. That's all. If 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 him being asked the question about you know what does this mean to you and your family, and he gets all emotional and. Because it's a big deal. He's sure. finally made it to the NHL. You're pulling for the guy. For sure. But for McDavid to say, well, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Who is like, this guy? Like, Where'd you get him? Are you serious right I know. now? Like, and it's embarrassing. And it, and it's embarrassing. You can't, you can't deny it. You, you really can't. And you know, Ken Holland, too, saying, you know, no, no, no conversation. And then, oh, yeah, no, I talked to nur- oh, no, no, no nursey, no this, no that. I mean, it's obvious to everybody. So why not just say, you know, out with it. Yes, you know, we've been going through some tough times. It's unfortunate that Woodcroft is the one that has to take it. That's embarrassing on the hockey club. We got to be better. The new guy coming in, we can't make the same mistakes. Like give that generic, some generic answer that we can buy, but all this (gasps) surprise. And I had no, first and foremost, I was, I was shocked. I'm shocked that this is happening. It's like, it's scripted. Let, let the guy go out and, 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 and we're just, we're not stupid. The fans aren't stupid, right? Right. 
give us a little bit of respect. Whether you tell us that he had no clue or not, or this wasn't preconceived or whatever, we're, this is how it looks. Yeah. So shame on us for actually paying attention, caring about a hockey club. Stop treating us like we're stupid. Uh, I may be dumb, but I ain't stupid. Uh, real quick here, um, too, on this. What is the most important thing for the Edmonton Oilers right now? I'm going to ask both of you this question. Maddie. what's the most important thing for the Edmonton Oilers to do? To do? It's very simple. Win? Yeah. <laughs> it's win. Yes. Right? <laughs> because what are the Oilers worried about? What are they terrified about? Nailed that. Leon Dreisaitl leaving? Because oh. come July 1, Leon Dreisaitl can sign an extension. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to keep Leon Dreisaitl there instead of hiring Connor's junior coach? <laughs> Winning games! Yeah. Is this guy the best guy? You have to ask yourself. Jeff Jackson, uh, Ken Holland, who obviously isn't calling the shots anymore. You have to ask yourself. You have to be completely honest with yourself. Is this the guy who gives us the best opportunity to win hockey games right now? Is he the most qualified coach for us to ultimately win? Because that's that's what's going to keep everybody together. If the Oilers are a legitimate Stanley Cup contender which we all thought heading into the season, winning is the most important thing for the boys up north. Not who the head coach is to make sure your star players all rainbows and lollipops. <laughs> it's winning hockey games. Because if you don't think you can win a Stanley Cup in Edmonton, do you think Leon Dreisaitl's going to stay there? No kidding. You think it's sexy to play in Edmonton? <laughs> no. It's sexy to play with 97 and potentially lift the cup over your head. It's, it's, is this the guy they honestly think in their organization gives them the best chance to win and get into the playoffs? Well, Jeff Jackson does. That's for sure. That is obviously apparent Are right you now. sure? Here's the or thing. is it too... Is it to play to Connor McDavid to make sure he's happy to stay in Edmonton long term? Because I I can't be convinced of that. Listening to the insiders the last couple days, Elliot has talked about how Jeff Jackson has been a big proponent of Chris Knobloch for years, even going back to his years as an agent and is a guy that has believed that this should be an NHL coach for a while. So I don't think that this is an impulse by Jeff Jackson. I think this is someone that he's had his eyes on for a long time. And I think that as soon as he got the CEO job, this was almost a given. Like, it almost feels like he was waiting for something to happen so that they could do this to their coaching staff. I Is it going to change things enough for this team to get to the playoffs? Maybe. Is it going to make them a Stanley Cup contender? Not in my eyes. I thought one of the more telling clips from that press conference was when Ken Holland essentially admitted, I haven't done a good enough job supporting this roster around the bottom and, and making it a good enough team to win. Like, you look at the team last year, that had as good as a year they had and the yep. improvements that they made year over year, the only improvement that you could expect was everybody to take a step forward. And everybody has seemingly taken a step back on that team. Well, and, and you want your players to just worry about playing hockey, right? If you've got, if you got Connor McDavid sitting there thinking, okay, well, he knows that they're trying to do everything that they can to make him feel comfortable there. The, and that, to your point, the only way he's going to feel comfortable and want to be there is by winning. So stop worrying about who comes, who's coming from where, what connection. I mean, the media is going to, the fans are going to make that connection regardless. Yeah. But win. And and, and if, and what's his last, Knobloch? Is that? Yeah. 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 I just think of the baseball player. Chuck Knobloch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, he made a transition. That's crazy. Who Good also friend. had a meltdown and couldn't throw the ball from second to first <laughs> at the yeah. end of his career. I know. It was a total <laughs> mental block. Yeah. You didn't look at your face. Yeah. When he played second base for the Yankees, he got so much into his own head, he couldn't throw the ball anymore from second to first. Just into the dugout every time? <laughs> like Perfect. he would miss the first, wow. like he Ground would just out. completely have a mental, like the Yips, the yips over the yips uh, yeah. you've yeah. ever seen in your life. Yeah. 
and, and now it's just it, it's just going to compound, right? And and there's a tremendous amount of pressure on Connor already for the responsibility of getting that team into the playoffs. But they need support. They need goaltending. They and and they need defense, and they need to play some some form of defense. And I don't know. It's just they're losing, so everything's a problem. They start winning again, and oh, it's Knobloch was the was the key, and we're going to get all this back together, and it's going to be Connor's team, and he can choose whoever he wants. He can play GM. He can be coach. Can he score 130 points again or whatever? You know, yeah. Is it like if, unless he's setting records, this team is not good enough to win, right? No. Because and, and, that. But you're right, and that's a significant problem with the team. Like you go back, listen, and and Sidney Crosby when he won that second cup, Malkin's on the team, but you also have. Bill Kessel and Connor Sherry and Hornquist and Benino and Gensel, like and Chris Kunitz, Brian Rust, like all good, play- Carl Hagelin, all good bottom yeah. six players yeah. that move the needle in the right direction. And the Oilers have this collection of Adam Ernie's and Matthias Janmarks and Derek Ryan's and Sam Gagne's. How are you expecting to win with these four players? I'm sorry. Sure. NHL players, by all means, on a championship team. Come on now. Um, all Connor McDavid did for years, a couple of years, is just outscore their problems. Yes. He did because he's that dynamic and, now he's, and hurt. he's that he special level player. Yep. He would just outscore. He would be the ultimate deodorant in the NHL, masking <laughs> the stink of the Edmonton Oilers with his incredible ability to score points. And because he's banged up, he doesn't look like the same player right now. Yep. They're struggling. There's there's no question. The bottom six isn't good enough. The blue line certainly isn't good enough, and they can't get a save. Right. So pretty so, tough to win. Sure. Hey? So you're going to bring in um, his junior coach, and he's going to somehow have this magic wand, magic elixir to fix a roster that just isn't good enough, quite frankly, to contend for a Stanley Cup. Are the Oilers now even the third? Are they even the third best team in this division? Oh, not this year. Oh, no. Not the way the Golden Canuck- Knights are better than they are. Canucks yes. The are Kings are certainly better than they are. Yep. Yep. You can't say just based on their start. And again, I, I think the Canucks will come Back, to back a little bit yeah. eventually here. Not like I think. the Ducks. The Ducks are going to come back hard okay, yeah, at yeah. some Ducks. point. But, but I'm just saying, right now yeah, in this yeah, division, yeah. you can make the argument that are they even the third best team, right? I would <laughs> argue when you look at the standings that they're the second worst team. Yes. <laughs> behind just the Sharks. Yeah. yeah. Flames, uh, one point up. You know, and... <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> it's aw- It's awful. It's hard to be a. Fo- it's hard to be a hockey fan in Alberta right, right now. now. Yep. It's just awful. Yep. You know, I mean, I, going to that Heritage Classic game too was. It wasn't a fantastic game, right? It, no, it was, just, it was a little chippy. It, but listen to this. Uh, but listen to what this is hockey in Alberta right now today on a Tuesday. You know, for fresh week, long off a long weekend. Here's here's hockey in Alberta real quick, just to encapsulate everything. A number five defenseman goes publicly in the biggest market in the NHL and requests a trade, and then the best player in the world's junior coach has to come and save the day. <laughs> when apparently he didn't know anything about it. Not a clue. There you Not go. A clue. That's no, hockey in Alberta, folks. There you go. That's oh, what we're doing with our NHL teams. Yeah, it's tough right now. Um I don't know if our listeners have heard this clip. Uh, Jonathan Bernier uh, played <laughs> yeah. for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, very high first-round pick because we were talking about first-round pick bus. And I'm, this isn't a shot oh, at you. I, oh, no, no, don't worry about it. we're just talking about guys yeah. who potentially were really touted and really didn't make it. Um, this was years ago. I, I played this clip a lot. It's very cringy. Um, yeah. uh, he was at an event. I believe he was at the Con Smythe Dinner uh, years ago in Toronto. It's a big charity event. And... Um, John the Bernier was asked about Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. If you've never heard this clip, <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> Nelson Mandela, of course, uh, you know, 
South African humanitarian, uh, spent years in prison, you know, fighting apartheid, you know, what, what, incredible human being. Jonathan Bernier, maybe never heard of him before. So here's the clip of when Jonathan Bernier, what Nelson Mandela meant to Jonathan Bernier. Here it is. Oh. What, what knowledge or awareness did you have of, of him growing up, or when did you learn of him? Well, obviously growing up, you, uh, he's one of the, the most known athletes uh, in the world, and uh, a lot of impact nope. in any kind of sport that he did. And, nope. Uh, that I, you know, even playing hockey, uh, Everyone knows him, right, from, from being the type of person that he was off the ice and, and on the ice. And so good. unfortunate that he passed away a year ago. But, um, you know, he, he changed a lot uh, yeah. while he was this with us. And yep. he's, uh, he's a tremendous guy. Uh, I just think the way... Uh, yeah, that was tough. Um, that was tough. Oh, one. no. That was tough. Oh, you, boy. You, you almost can't one. laugh the first time you hear it. Because it's so Because it cringy. can't be serious. Yeah. Like, you got to figure, like, is he just is being it, funny? No, is this no like idea. one of those old radio bits yeah. where they call in and they cut the answer to a different question? Oh, man. Can you imagine after he was done that, he probably raced to his phone to Google who exactly Nelson Mandela <laughs> was? Didn't. And then he probably thought he was right. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it, babe. Called like, his yeah. agent. Yeah. Uh, I might He's have a great done, athlete. I might yeah. have done something. <laughs> I'm going to put him on my helmet. Like, <laughs> like man, oh, man. Like, like not South <laughs> Africa win the Rugby World Cup, right? Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. knowing, like, who <laughs> that guy was. Like, yeah. It's oh, just incredible. That, that's why you have, you know, media people. On sports teams, because yeah. it's PR like, guys, you, you, like you, yeah. you just don't know. You know, sometimes you have to prep certain guys with questions. Again, if the PR guy was, he would probably would have tackled the interviewer. <laughs> yeah, PR yeah. Guy how did he get tape? through? He didn't, how did he get through? He didn't hear the question properly. He did not hear the question <laughs> yeah. properly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was uh, from need, 2014. Jonathan yes, Bernier. we yeah. need a recess, please. Oh. When he was around 2015 ish, um, that was just incredible. Uh, Brent Cron, uh, the our Everyone big show flames analyst. Him, yeah, one in hockey. Uh, brought to you by All Kind Door Services. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Yes, we'll wrap up the Flames and Habs tonight, and then you're going to bring your top ten goalie list in the NHL. Yes, that people are just dying to see oh, just to what chew it your... up, just to chew it up and spit it out. You know, we'll even have like a one, <laughs> two. We'll even we'll really do it yeah. up for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. Number ten, <laughs> we'll do it up. That's your homework, GVP. Should we start at number one and then work our way down? No, um, well, that's kind of anticlimactic. Oh, <laughs> number ten. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Straight ahead, Charles Davis, NFL on CBS, Big Show, Russell and Rose, Sportsnet nine sixty, The Fan.